0: Just before we get started, do you have a business or maybe a staff event coming up, either virtually or in person? Well, why not drop the organiser a line and suggest me as one of the speakers? Go to pennyhaslam.co.uk to find out more. Hi, I'm Penny Haslam. Today in the podcast, boring training. What we're going to learn today is this, this, this and this. Sound good? Okay, let's get learning. No. So today, it's about tackling boring training. No one likes boring training. Why? It's boring, okay? Even at primary school, right, you can all remember that teacher who was just a little bit boring, or maybe a university lecturer who didn't set the world alight, and you're like, oh God, this is so boring, I'm not interested, this is really hard to be interested in. And we don't want that. Life's too short for that. So I've come up with five things that I do in every single training that really lifts the room, energises and helps people skip out the door at the end of the day with a great feeling in their heart with some knowledge on board. Now, I know that I'm good at training because I've been told many times, so yes, I'm blowing my own trumpet. Fine. But it was really brought home to me, actually. Um, and I was so chuffed with this feedback. It was from um, a very large organisation's in-house L&D team. And they'd seen my training. I'd been brought in as an external trainer to help people be confident on camera. And they they looked at my training. And I went, this is so radically different. What? How are you doing that? I was like, okay. I don't know what you mean. How do I do that? I just do my thing, you know, and I make sure it's a good, a good session. No, you do something else. You do some other things. What do you do? So I broke it down. I've got five things, five tips, five ways of really invigorating a training session. So tip number one, I do this at the beginning of every session. I ask people what they came for. What do you hope to get out of this training today? What do you want to leave knowing or feeling or doing differently than you do right now? What have you come for? And this really helps focus people's minds on why they are there. Um, It's a sort of self-motivating moment of, right, well, yeah, I can be selfish here and I can really think about what I want on my journey. What can I take from this? It's also quite light in that it's only just one thing. You know, you haven't got to go. So what we're going to learn today is this, this, this and this sound good. Okay, let's get learning. No, it's like, oh, right. So you're motivated. You're right. What's in it for me? And that helps, you know, people to lean into the learning, basically, which is really cool. And I write it on a flip chart or a whiteboard with a big marker pen and I write out what their challenge is or what they want from the day. And if it's presentation skills, it'll be always something like, oh, I just want to feel less nervous. Or I want to make sure what I'm saying is clear and coherent. Okay, so we write that down and I put their initials or their name next to it. And then we park it and we make sure that at the end of the day, we have achieved those things. And I'll check in on that list you know, cheekily while they're doing something else and make sure we are actually on target for achieving that. Usually we are. Uh, 9.9 times out of 10, we are able to tick that off. I put a different colored pen, a red pen, a line through it because we've slayed that challenge or we've met that query um, and dealt with it. Tick, tick, tick. Everyone loves ticking things off a list. So everyone goes away happy with that as well. They got what they came for. Tick. Number two. And this was a key bit of what I was doing differently to the, the big L&D team. And that was I was telling stories. All the way through all of the training that we deliver, we make sure we tell stories. Stories are memorable. And stories hook people in on an emotional level that you can't possibly achieve with just facts alone. And in fact, they're memorable because after hearing someone talk, 63% of people can remember a story Whereas just 5% can remember a statistic. So if you're just dealing in facts, figures, dry information and you're not littering every hour with an anecdote, a moment of time or a longer piece of storytelling, then you're going to fail when it comes to people remembering so it helps embed the learning really really you know in a really fun way as well so i make sure i have a story to go with every point i want to make and i don't make too many points and i'll get onto that in a minute in point three um so stories are really great in fact i remember a story a teacher told me and this is where it goes back to isn't it it's like we don't want boring teachers mrs ellis first year primary school had us all sitting on the on the carpet as you used to do in primary school before the the milk came or something like that or the milk turned up um back in the 70s we're all sitting there in our flares and polyester uh, penny collars and mrs ellis sits there and she's we're doing maths right but you wouldn't know it because mrs ellis started with a story she said you know what at the weekend." And the minute a teacher says something about at the weekend in my personal life at my home, everyone's really keen, aren't they? The same's true today when you're a grown up trainer with grown up people in front of you. We're all nosy and we all want to know what it's like in your life. So Mrs Ellis hit the nail on the head there. And she said at the weekend I had a little party uh, and we were having 15 friends round for tea. So she made it very, very relatable as well. And now I had a problem because I needed to buy napkins and I went to the shop on Saturday lunchtime and I found a packet of napkins that I was going to buy and there were just 12 in the packet. But I had 15 friends round, so what did I do? So then you're into the the maths and the learning. Honestly, it was so memorable. No one could work out what Mrs Ellis did next. People are scratching their chins, putting their hands up, like, Mrs Ellis, I know, I know. Uh, three people went without napkins. No, that's not the right answer. Anyone else? <gasps> I've got it, I've got it. Um, th- three people shared, two people shared, three people shared, something like that. And maths was coming out. You halved them with scissors. There was all sorts of creative problem solving. No, nobody got it right. Mrs Ellis revealed it at the end. Well, children, I bought Two packets of napkins, and now I've got some spare. Everyone's like, Oh, yeah, is that it? Okay, fine, got it. But gosh, that is such a cool story, and mm, I'm remembering it just a few years later, which is wonderful. So, two, tell stories. People will not forget you for that. Number three, an insecure trainer, in my experience, and I have been an insecure trainer right at the beginning, 10 years ago when I first started training will fill the room with their stuff all the time. There will be endless amounts of information. No minute will be left unturned without learning being imparted now that's an insecurity to do with adding value so you're at the front of the room you're really desperate for your people in the room to understand everything about everything and learn 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 and that's what you're being paid for and rightly so and that's your job but in my now tech decade old experience of training and especially through the lockdowns, through working on zoom with people and training online is that people relish more than anything, the opportunity to talk to each other. It's so powerful. Now, if you can get them talking to each other and supporting each other and exchanging ideas, either in pairs or small groups or doing tabletop exercises, they will thank you for it rather than you standing at the front of the room and telling them stuff that they have to absorb. They will learn through that mechanism much more um, enjoyably and much more memorably and Um, will have a much better experience so it takes quite a confident trainer to allow that space and air I would say as much as 50% of your time needs to be thrown back into group work teamwork building ideas for example I could stand at the front of the room and go right negative self-talk when I'm doing my confidence and resilience training as teams we talk to ourselves we begin to build negative phrases that we all really fall back on it's not great, we need to get out of the habit. What could those for negative phrases be? Put your hand up and maybe one or two people will put their hand up like that. But if you actually get people in pairs or threes and fours workshopping those ideas, oh yeah, bouncing off each other, then the noise in the room goes up, the energy increases and people have lots more ideas than if it's just flatly asked of them. And they also really enjoy that. Breakout rooms, if you're doing it online, getting people into breakout rooms and actually it's a thing that I get asked a lot by people booking our training is that will there be interactivity and if there's not interactivity and they don't ask for that I say do you know what I'm going to tell you now there's going to be lots of interactivity with between the delegates because that's important and they go oh yeah I thought of that so I'm going to build that time in so I'm not you know I'm not lecturing <laughs> great. It goes down a storm. So educate yourself, educate your people on you wanting that. Ask anyone you're buying training from to do that because oh, you'll get loads of really good feedback for that. Point four, listening. Now, this might just go into that whole like, don't feel like you have to fill the airtime by talking all the time. Listening and noticing when people are talking, what the other people are doing and how they're responding. So this is about being empathetic, not pathetic, empathetic, in the room. Uh, intuitive, I think, is probably a skill here. And you get that from being able to listen actively. So listening to what they're saying, following up with a question if they haven't really elaborated. Why is that important to you? Or asking the room, does that resonate? People go, mm, or no, or my experience is different. Anyone got a different experience? Um, asking questions and giving that time as well for discussion. Because people need to feel heard. It's really valuable. It's a powerful thing. We know this. It's not always easy to achieve it when we're busy, busy, busy. So try and get that time. And you know what? You always get someone in a training room who goes on a bit too much. But you still have to listen to them. And then you can cut them short and make sure you don't return to them, maybe. But they're valuable because they get the room talking. So yeah, listen really well. And maybe you see someone nodding their head while someone else is talking but they're not forthcoming that doesn't mean to say you can't ask them and say hey Michael I noticed you were nodding your head when uh, Samir said this thing I was actually Penny and the reason I was nodding my head is because I was thinking of a time when I da, da, da. which actually comes back round to one of the earlier points about stories so if you tell your own stories in the room it gives other people permission to tell their stories a little bit which is what you can listen to and find out what people need and desire and what their challenges are. So that's good as well, listening. And then finally, um, this might be the nature of my training in that it is really practical, hands-on doing, but I do enjoy provoking a bit of challenge in the day and a bit of jeopardy for people. Now, Really good example of that is when I run the Make Yourself a Little Bit Famous workshop. It's a practical day where people learn why they should raise their profile and then, crucially, how they might do it. So the afternoon is thrown over to practical getting on and doing it. And people have a choice of activity to have a go at, all of which is highly thrilling nerves and adrenaline wise Um, they could speak at the front of the room for five minutes they can take part in a panel discussion they can make a short video on their phone they can also make a podcast so they get a really good, good fun exercise to do but the Jeopardy, of course, is actually doing it and sharing it with people in front of the room. So we have showtime at, you know, half three, four o'clock. It's time for everyone to come back into the room, settle down. And we're going to hear from the speakers and we're going to watch the panel and we're going to have a, have a laugh with the video creators and the podcasts and all the rest of it. And it is brilliant because everyone feels that sense of, oh, my God, what's happening? How am I going to do? <gasps> And they lean into it, you know. A lot of people look, you know, look a bit daunted by this, but they do it and they dig deep. And and of course, it's a safe environment to have a go. And the the smiles on the faces at the end—it's like I did it. I achieved. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I didn't die. Um, so I would say if you can, always inject an element of showing how to do this for everyone if you can, but one or two if you can't, um, whatever level it is, always make sure there's some sort of <sighs> moment where someone has to shine and step up a little bit. Obviously, not every subject lends itself to that. If you're doing, you know, sort of training in financial compliance, that that's harder. But anyway, I hope that has given you some food for thought about how to look out for trainers who were going to elevate the learning and have people skipping out the room and have the feedback scores super high for what people have learned and also in have that enduring or lasting impact which goes beyond the day or the week or the month in which the training was delivered. It's a year later, people are still remembering it and, and using what they've learned. That's the key bit to it really, isn't it? So yeah, I, you know, Goodbye, boring training. That's all I can say. It's showtime. My third book is coming out in 2024. It's all about confidence at work and in life. And as you'd expect from me, there are lots of stories and ideas to help you build confidence, whether it's for yourself or for others. It might be colleagues, teammates, friends and family. Head to pennyhaslam.co.uk slash confidence book.